0: You're listening to Small Business Big Impact. How to support employees experiencing family and domestic violence. This podcast contains content which you might find distressing. If you or someone you know needs support, please call Lifeline on one 14 or 1800 RESPECT. That's 1800 737 732.
1: Welcome back to Small Business Big Impact, a podcast about family and domestic violence created specifically for small business owners. My name is Gretel Colleen. In our last episode, we confronted some of the very real productivity and financial impacts that domestic violence can have on your business. But there are also important safety issues to be considered for your entire staff. Because surveys have found that up to half of all people experiencing domestic violence reported that their partner interfered in their workplace. So what can that interference look like? And how can you keep your employees, your workplace and yourself safe? Let's look at a scenario.
0: Lakeisha has worked for the past four years as a receptionist for a small group of tax accountants in regional Victoria. This morning, Lakeisha got a message on her mobile phone that caused her to gasp out loud and then burst into tears at her desk. One of her bosses invites her to take a break in the back kitchen, passes over a box of tissues, and makes her a cup of tea. She then says to Lakeisha, You don't have to share with me what's going on, but I'm here to support you if there's anything I can do. Lakeisha says that she has just found out that her ex partner, the father of her daughters, has learned where she is living. Lakeisha identifies as Aboriginal, and when she left the violent relationship, she was also making the huge decision to leave her community, her extended family and her kinship network. But now, with no family and kinship support, she's desperately afraid. Her boss's first instinct is to call the police for advice.
1: We've looked at several domestic and family violence scenarios over this series. This one is quite different because Lakeisha has left her partner and rebuilt her life. But the potential threat of her ex continues. It's a terrifying situation that could impact not only on Lakeisha's home life, but also her workplace. So what can Lakeisha's employers do to keep everyone safe at work? Let's bring in an expert to find out. Inspector Mel Dwyer is the manager of the Queensland Police Service's State Domestic Family Violence and Vulnerable Persons Unit.
2: Mel, is Lakeisha's situation common? Thanks, Gretel. Uh, Something like this could happen in any workplace tomorrow. And in fact, it could even be happening today. And should Lakeisha's boss call the police for advice? Making contact with someone who can support Lakeisha and her workplace is really crucial. Right. What we know is that some First Nations people, as well as other members of our community, are sometimes less than comfortable with reporting to police in the first instance. Yeah. So you could also call a domestic family violence support service. And Lakeisha's boss should really be guided by what she wants, what gives her the most autonomy and control. Yeah. But part of safety planning can also include connecting with the police in advance, in a proactive way. So if police get a call from the accountancy firm then they know what that may be in relation to and they can respond quickly and appropriately. Uh There are lots of safety mechanisms that can be put in place to protect Lakeisha in the workplace. It's about making contact with the right people to support her.
1: What sorts of
2: safety measures might you see put into the workplace? There are lots of different possibilities and it's going to be specific to the situation but it could include making sure that Lakeisha is never alone in the area of the building where members of the public can access or even for a time creating a workspace for her that isn't at the front of the business. Right. It could also include screening her calls, having somebody from the workplace walk her to and from her vehicle. Yep. Even if there was a second location of the business, it could include changing her work location and her hours making sure that security are advised, making sure she has a mobile phone with her at all times, having a secure car park. Domestic Family Violence Support Services, they are the real experts at safety planning and they would guide Lakeisha and the people at her work she felt comfortable involving.
1: And you can find those support services through 1800RESPECT. Now, we mentioned that half of all people experiencing violence said that their partner
2: interfered in their work. What can the interference involve? That can look like constant phone calls and text messages. These are really prevalent in the first instance. They interrupt the flow of work and they remind the victim survivor that they're being watched and checked up on. Or sometimes they'll come into the workplace and what we know is that 30% of the people who reported interference at work said that their partner physically came into their workplace.
1: And this is because they want to
2: check if their partner is really at work? Yeah, to make sure that they are at work and to reinforce that sense that they are in control and that they have the power. Some victims did report that their partner showed up specifically to sabotage their work and that they knew that their presence would impact the victim survivor. And this was just another way of continuing to demonstrate their power and control. One survey respondent said that her abuser came and just sat for hours in the restaurant in which she worked at. Oh my goodness, how ominous. Yes, it made the other staff really uncomfortable. Could you imagine what that feels like? Mm. But it's possible that the perpetrator has an opposite or an alternate intention when going into the workplace. Yeah. That is that they might want to manipulate the victim's work colleagues by managing their own image. We understand that image management is really critical and crucial to them keeping domestic and family violence hidden. They'll do things that in any respectful relationship may be seen as an act of love and support. But in an unrespectful relationship, it's a tactic that manipulates others into thinking that they are a good person, that they wouldn't be capable of committing domestic violence. So they'll attend work to have lunch with the victim every day. So they come across as wonderful. Yeah, but in reality, this is a really deliberate and purposeful tactic to continue the power and control over the victim outside the family home. And then she may believe her colleagues when they say how fantastic he is, or she may be less likely to get up the courage to say what's happening at home because she won't think anyone will believe her. That real Prince Charming behaviour is intended to make family and friends our employers and our colleagues at work to see that perpetrator in a really favourable light and discredit any disclosures that may be made later. That's the real key here, that Prince Charming behaviour effect to make sure that no one believes her disclosures when she makes them in her workplace.
1: Right. And then there are the perpetrators who don't come into the workplace, but they have vision on it. Now, what does this mean?
2: That means that they park down the street or across the road, watching what their partner is doing at work, when that person gets home, the victim gets home, they'll say, you spent too long with that client or what were you doing with that person? And I personally know of occasions where this has happened at hairdressing salons and banks and restaurants. Right. This is stalking behaviour. This is a criminal offence and it really clearly demonstrates that power and control over another person's autonomy and their ability to be an individual and meaningfully contribute in the workplace.
1: So how common is it for a person using
2: violence
1: to actually come in and be threatening in a workplace?
2: Look, it's really much less common because it's going to draw the attention to domestic violence. And what we know is that perpetrators want to keep their behaviour hidden. They want to keep it behind closed doors. Mm. So if someone does turn up at the workplace and is overtly behaving in a way that is threatening or violent, you must absolutely call the police. We've gone past that point where that person is trying to keep their behaviour in check they're out of control, they're escalating, and they're dangerous. If that's what they're doing in public, imagine what they're doing behind closed doors. Yeah. That's the exact point where a person in the workplace who has been nominated to call the police should do so immediately and request urgent attendance.
1: Right. Now, we know that more than half of people experiencing violence don't tell their bosses. So it's possible that this terrifying escalation could be the first time they'd know as an employer, that something was going on. So should businesses be planning a response before they need one?
2: Yeah, absolutely they should. We would recommend that businesses turn their mind to this. Just like a restaurant will have a plan on how to handle a drunk customer who gets belligerent, Mm. every workplace needs to think about what to do if someone turns up and is violent. So an employer needs to consider how many exits do we have? What's our lockdown procedure? Does our alarm system have a silent panic button? Is there capability to ring the police?
1: It's a lot to put on the plate of a small business, isn't it, which is possibly already stretched to capacity. Does this situation happen very often or is the issue the fact that it could happen to anyone and you never know when until it does?
2: What I can tell you is that fires don't happen every day in business. But every business has a fire safety plan. Yes. Domestic violence is prevalent in all of our communities. It happens to all people, all walks of life. Yeah. The idea that this won't happen in your workplace, we have to park that at the door. We know that's not the case. Last year, for example, in Queensland, we had over 138,000 domestic and family violence calls for police service. We're on track for that to rise by 17% this year. And it's been rising between 12 and 15% every year for the past five years. Wow. And it's a similar picture in every state and territory across this country. That is a huge increase each year. Is it because people are better informed
1: or feel more able to report incidents because they'll know they'll be supported now? Or is more family and
2: domestic violence occurring? We're having conversations now in a way we've never had before, yeah. starting to get people to understand what is domestic and family violence, what are the signs, And they're standing up and they're taking action to support loved ones and friends and colleagues and importantly employees in a really safe way. This is impacting workplaces all over the country. And that's why this legislation is so incredibly important. This domestic and family violence leave can really give people an ability to address what they need, whether it's to attend court, obtain a protection order, seek counselling or to seek engagement with safety planning and not impact their workplace as much.
1: Inspector Mel Dwyer, thank you for all of this information. Thank you for your time today.
2: Thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: That brings us to the end of Episode 8. We have just two more episodes in this series, and I will continue to urge you to call 1-800-RESPECT if you have any questions or need advice specific to your workplace or an employee situation. Calls to this line are anonymous and the number is 1-800-737-732. In the episode notes of your podcast app, you'll also find a great short video of an employer talking an employee through some ways to keep them safe when they have a restraining order in place. And we've also popped in a guide to domestic violence safety planning in the workplace, created by the Australian Human Rights Commission. Thanks for listening today. This is a complex and confronting issue, and in our next episode, we'll face the challenge of what to do if you suspect or learn that one of your employees is using violence in a domestic or family
0: situation. This podcast has been produced for the Australian Government by Lifeline Australia. Lifeline delivers DV Alert, the nationally recognised training program for frontline workers dedicated to ending violence against women and children. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands on which we podcast, as well as those on which you are listening, and pay our respects to Elders past, present and emerging.